0: It's minus four at 680 CGOB, and now here's someone who doesn't need a second reading, unlike in the legislature. It's Hal Anderson, everybody.
1: Thank you very much, STFJ, yes, and I do not use straws either. You don't? No. Jeff Curry, are all wound up about people using straws. We don't really need to use straws, and straws, they're a problem, right? I, I get. I think the
2: plastic only... Plastic straws, plastic
0: straws. Yeah, I think the only people who need to use those straws are those who are disabled, uh... I, I know that there's been some minor controversy surrounding yeah. that, but yeah. otherwise... Yeah.
1: yeah, I think uh, Jeff is absolutely right. His uh, final thought, it's a habit, and uh, if we break it, then we don't... It's less stuff going in the in the landfill, right? Anyhow, uh, yesterday it was your turn, TFJ, mm-hmm. on the show. The Over the Counter uh, Culture series continues here on CJOB, and today it is Greg Mackling's turn. Greg Mackling will talk all about superbugs on the show today. I uh, will have that for you after... TFJ, and Global News at 1.30. After we hear Greg's piece, Zach Wolf will join us. He is the CEO of Exigence Technologies. Uh, they have an antimicrobial surface coating, and it kind of relates to uh, superbugs. So we'll talk to Zach Wolf in studio live. Tough trivia on the show today. Your chance to win home and garden tickets. Home and garden show starts today. And runs until Sunday at the RBC Convention Center. And we're going to toss in some pizza too. Santa Lucia pizza gift certificate for the winner of those home and garden show tickets. And make sure you tune in Hal Anderson weekend, Saturday and Sunday morning. Because this weekend we'll have a couple of HGTV stars on the weekend show. Tiffany Pratt will join us. Uh, She's on that show, Home to Win. And also uh, Todd Talbot. He's on Love It or List It, Vancouver. Todd Talbot and Tiffany Pratt on Hal Anderson Weekends this weekend. They are in town for the Home and Garden Show. At 2.15, we are going to talk to Ken Weeb. He is Morton's mayor. And Morton has just announced about five minutes ago, free 5G internet for everybody in Morton. Is that something that you need to do as a city or a province if you're gonna, you know, be competitive in 2018? Certainly, Morden feels that way, and we'll talk to Ken Weeb, the mayor of Morden, about that at 2:15. Free, free 5G internet, and as she uh, is here every Thursday, Carolyn Classen, his counseling, will join us from 2:30 to three, and I. Said to Jeff, we get got all kinds of stuff we're going to talk to uh, Carolyn about. Uh, a couple stories uh, from the past several days here on the show, and I've passed those on to Carolyn, and I think we'll talk about it. I think it was yesterday we were talking about hiring a clinic service and how that can be great for your marriage. Well, it's... And you know why it's great for your marriage. It's not that the house is clean. It's that you get to spend more time with that significant other of your other of yours. So we're going to talk about that with Carolyn. Uh, also, uh, you know, dating. I mentioned that uh, one of the stars of uh, Big Bang Theory dumped a guy because uh, he was a terrible tipper. And, of course, you know, it's more an indication of that person's character than anything. And also we're going to talk about sleep divorce, something called sleep divorce. So Carolyn Klassen is coming up 2.30 to 3 here on CJOB today. And then, of course, whatever is on your mind, 204-780-6868, Hal, at CJOB.com. You are a very important part of this show, as you know. Today is go for broke day. Go for broke day today. It's alcohol screening day. I've been known to uh, enjoy screening some alcohol now and then. It's burrito day. Love burritos. Who's got the best burrito in Winnipeg? I'll tell you I'll tell you one of my favorites a little later on. But do you have a spot where you go to get a good burrito? It's Dandelion Day, which is weird because, of course, we have no dandelions here, but I think this is maybe a a holiday. It's not a holiday, but you know what I mean. Maybe it's a day that is better celebrated elsewhere because uh, not a lot of dandelions out there on uh, April 5th. Although maybe other years when it's not so cold as it is now, maybe we would have the odd dandelion right now. It is also Deep Dish Pizza Day today. Are you into the deep dish pizza or do you like the real thin crust? I'm a real thin crust guy now, but I did have deep dish pizza one time when I went to Chicago because of course Chicago is known for it, right? And I thought, well, I got to, you know, got to try it. And it was very good. It's also fun at work day today. And it is read a roadmap day today. Now, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, I only read a roadmap when I have to. So, but they got an A for it. Read a road map Day. All right? And uh, before we take a break here, Pat is on the line. Pat wants to talk about straws. Yes, Pat, what do you want to say about straws?
3: Plastic straws are washable and reusable. I have a few of them.
1: That's true, but I'll bet you most people don't do what you do. They don't reuse them, do they?
3: Probably not. Yeah. Because- I see all kinds of them on the sidewalk and in the grass. Right. But you definitely you can wash them hot soapy water and uh dry them off and reuse them.
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I'm I'm uh, I'm sure well you do it. I'm sure others must do it too. My wife has my wife does like using a straw and she has a metal straw. Have you ever seen these metal straws they have?
4: No. Yeah, and then
1: you just keep using that over and over again. You wash it and use it again.
3: But if it was a hot liquid,
1: that yeah, would be might be a problem maybe. Yeah. I'll also, have to ask they,
3: her. They used to make paper straws.
1: Right. Well, I think they still make them. It's just that, you know, we don't use them enough. Maybe that's what we need to do, switch from plastic over to uh over to paper. Yeah, OK, mm. I'll love your show. All right, Pat, thank you very much. Our question of the day, by the way, at CJOB.com relates to the straws. And so I'll give you the question exactly the way it's written at the website a little later on. And I'll let you know where the voting stands. But we have to take a break. One ten ten 10 after 1, C J O B. Yeah, nice and sunny, minus 5 now, heading for a high of minus 3, fingers crossed. By the way, wind chill right now, minus 11. Diana is on the phone, 204-780-6868, wanting to talk about straws, very popular subject today. Diana, what did you want to say about straws?
3: Well, I just wanted to say that I still enjoy using a straw, and I especially like to use them when I'm out. out. Like I don't use them so much at home, but in a restaurant, I like to use them. Yeah. And I even like to use it if I'm at, well, I don't want to say the name of the restaurant, but where you get paper cups and stuff, I like to drink my coffee out of a straw. Really? Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, straws, like are, straws, straws are fine, but you understand uh, the only reason we're, we're, we're you know, kind of. Because
3: of the environment. Yeah, though. right,
1: knocking straws, yeah.
3: And you were saying your wife has a metal straw. Yeah, she okay. got a metal one. Where can you get a metal one?
1: You know, I'm trying to think now. Um, it's a Facebook friend of mine. And I'll tell you what, I'll, you keep listening, I'll mention it, okay? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, and another,
3: re- yeah, another reason why I like to use a straw sometimes, too, is because I, if you watch the servers,
5: mm-hmm.
3: quite often they pick, like if you have a glass of water or a pop or something, they, they pick up the glass by the rim or the or the coffee cup, eh? Like, you know, they have stick their fingers yeah. in your glass.
1: Well, I'll tell you um, what, you know, let, you know, let, this- listen to this text message. Let me read this text message to you, Diane, and see if your thoughts on that change. Uh, the texture says, so I know this probably wasn't a planned topic, the whole straw thing. Just want you to think about the servers when they give you your drinks. The bartenders are constantly touching themselves, other dirty glasses, touching your straw, and then you put that straw in your mouth. But you're saying that... Uh, well, w-
3: when I get a straw, it's usually at the table with the paper still wrapped around it. Okay, oven. yeah. I'm not, I, like, I'm not talking about alco- alcoholic drinks. No and uh so yeah those types of straws yeah
1: yeah i guess it would depend yeah And the i usually on. tell
3: them like you know when they put lemon or something in the water i yeah. usually tell them that i don't want it because mm. for that reason and and you don't know if they've washed that lemon before they've cut into it either
1: yeah oh you, you can go you,
3: the, you so can you just go on and on and on yeah well
1: that's what i was just gonna say you go crazy <laughs> thank, thank <laughs> you dine appreciate it okay, all right yeah so uh and i'm having a hard time getting onto the website cgob.com. so once i get on there I will uh, let you know about the voting on our straw question. Question of the day relating to the use of straws. And I mentioned quickly, best burrito in town. Uh, No name on this text, but somebody is telling me. Oh, Tyson. Sorry, Tyson. Best burrito in town, Hal. Burrito del Rio on River, close to Osborne. I've driven by that. I've never been there, though. It's good, eh? I'll tell you my favorite burrito a little later on. And keep the uh, straws. A uh, straw comments uh, coming. Oh, and thank you. A texter just reminded me Norwex. That's where my wife uh, gets the uh, metal straw. Norwex. Thank you very much. Appreciate your help on that one. Um. So the straw. What else is going on today that I wanted to let you know about? Oh, we can talk about this for a second here. NDP MLA Nahani Fontaine has put forward a private member's bill in the legislature forbidding employers from mandating women to wear high heels to work as part of their dress code. Listen.
6: I think it's important to recognize that when employers mandate women, their employees, to wear heels as part of their uniform and as part of the criteria for them to be able to execute their their responsibilities, it is uh, discrimination towards women in the workplace. Uh, Certainly, I would suggest to you that, you know, an inch to three inch heels is not conducive to a safe workplace for women. Um, And I would suggest that it is discriminatory in the sense that we don't ask men uh, doing the same exact duties and the same exact job to wear heels themselves. Uh, More importantly, I think that uh, one of the pieces that is It intrinsically sexualizes women in the workplace. And in many respects, some people have suggested it is selling sex in the restaurant industry. Certainly in 2018, we can do better for women, and we can create a a safe and equitable space in the workplace so that women uh, and young women can pursue their their dreams in respect of having that that job that they want to do.
1: Now, in most cases... She says this would apply to the hospitality and retail sectors.
6: Yeah, I would suggest that those are the main uh, industries that require and mandate women to wear heels. Certainly, as I said in the House, we don't see nurses wearing heels or we don't see police women wearing heels. Um, And and I think that the, the material point here is that, You know, we had this debate in the House today, and there's many of us that love heels. But it is our our choice to wear heels. Mm -hmm. You cannot mandate uh, that women are to wear heels. If if they still want to wear heels, if this legislation is passed, then that's fine as well. But the, the, the salient point of this is that you cannot mandate women to wear heels in the workplace.
1: And one more clip here from NDP MLA Nahani Fontaine on her private members bill forbidding employers from mandating women to wear high heels to work as part of their dress code or uniform.
6: At the end of the day, I think that we have a responsibility to the, ensure that women have a safe workplace and and have the tools that they need to be able to be safe in executing their duties. And so if that includes offices, then that includes offices. Certainly, I think that most of us around here would, would understand and have seen firsthand when we go out and we go out and eat in these industries, we see women predominantly young women wearing very high heels and I can't imagine I've worked in the restaurant industry for 10 years during university when my son was young uh, I cannot imagine being on my feet for more than two hours wearing heels and sometimes your shifts are six eight hours that would be in my mind very torturous to be able to work like that or are or, or being forced to work like that
1: That is NDP MLA, Nahani Fontaine. She's put forward a private member's bill. She does not want employers to be allowed to mandate women to wear high heels at work as part of their dress code or their uniform. Scott just texted me and said, definitely Hal, high heels, truly a safety issue. They should be banned in the workplace. And you know what's funny? I get one or two text messages about this issue, which, I mean, I just find it funny. I get a bunch, I get one or two text messages about this issue, and then the straw emails and phone calls and text messages go crazy just talking about straws. For example, Kevin is on the phone right now wanting to make a comment about straws. Kevin, what do you want to say about straws?
7: Hi, Hal. Hope all's well. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. everything's going good for you today. Uh, first off, for the women, for the heels, um, wear flat shoes. Be comfortable. Okay, the straw thing. I don't know if you've been around the city driving around on the streets after you've been at McDonald's having your beverage after you ate dinner and you have your refill. It's kind of hard to drink your drink when you're bouncing around, and it makes a pretty damn mess on the inside of your car. So instead of straws, why don't they come up with these little tiny sippy lips that Seal really really good around the edges and have a sippy top like you do with sippy cups for kids. That eliminates the straw. You got the plastic that goes into the recycling, and everybody's happy. Okay. Nobody gets a mess on them.
1: Okay, buddy. Thank you very much, Kevin. Anytime. Take care. All right. I just find it funny. There are big, huge issues we could be talking about. But, hey, I'm willing to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. I just find it funny that the the, the issue here, we're not talking about, you know, whether you need a straw. When you're, the issue with straws is the environmental impact, right? I mean, that's, you know, kind of where we're going with this. But, hey, I will talk with you about anything, whatever is on your mind. That is fine with me. Um, let's take a look at uh, birthdays. There are a couple of birthdays I wanted to mention today, and I'm going to save one for later because one, of course, always ties into a song, right? Gives me an opportunity to play a song a little later on. Colin Powell, former state of secretary, uh, secretary of state in the U S 81 today. Colin Powell's 81 already. Wow. Uh, remember the show law and order? Ben Stone on Law & Order. That role was played by Michael Moriarty, and he is 77 today. Mike McCready from Pearl Jam is 52 today. Sterling K. Brown, one of the best shows on TV right now, I'm told, is This Is Us. My wife watches it. I just didn't get into it. I kept it off my list, and now I kind of regret that I didn't get watching it with her because it's fantastic, I'm told. He plays Randall. On This Is Us, Sterling K. Brown, having a birthday today. He is 42. And Roger Corman, movie producer, 92. There's one other birthday. I won't mention it yet because I want to save it for later. I'm going to play a song, all right, when I tell you about that birthday a little later on. i also got to play for you some cool audio from The Tonight Show last night. Mike Myers was on The Tonight Show last night. And he brought back one of his infamous characters on the Tonight Show last night. And I've got audio. So I'll have that coming up for you a little later on. All right. So keep it here on CJOB. After this show, of course, at 4 o'clock, it's the news with Richard Cluche and Julie Buckingham. And I just want to remind you that they will have a panel of Winnipeggers on the show today, including Aubie Kahn. They're going to be talking about this hashtag that we've got going. First time I was called. Yesterday, I chatted with uh, Julie Black on the show, and she talked about the first time that she was called the N-word and the B-word. And today, Aubie and the rest of the panel will join Rich and Julie to talk about the first time I was called. Hashtag first time I was called. Let's take a break. 126, the news with Tristan Field-Jones is next. And then... Our over-the-counter culture series continues. Greg Mackling takes a look at superbugs after the news. A mix of sun
0: and cloud today with flurries likely. Northwest wind 20 gusting to 40, high of minus 3. Tonight, a chance of flurries, then clearing overnight, low of minus 16. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud with a chance of flurries, high of minus 6. And for Saturday, sunny, a high of minus 5. It's minus 5 right now at 680 CGOB, and it's back to Hal Anderson. Over-the-counter culture on 680-CJOB.
1: Yes, our series continues now with a piece by Greg Mackling. Last September, there was a story that should have received more attention, really. The headline from the World Health Organization, The World is Running Out of Antibiotics. Here's Greg now with more on superbugs.
8: The World Health Organization have identified uh, multi-drug resistance in bacteria, as one of the three greatest threats to life today.
9: This is a threat for modern medicine and that means that several infections become untreatable. That means that if you go to a hospital, that there is a chance that uh, you will get pneumonia and that there is no effective antibiotic to,
10: uh, to treat you. they're what keep these leading scientists up at night. Superbugs. Bacteria that become so strong, the drugs we take on a regular basis to kill them stop working. Human life expectancy has doubled from 30 to 40 years since 1800. Much of that can be attributed to the development of antibiotics. Dr. Grant Pierce's Professor of Pharmacology at the University of Manitoba, as well as the Executive Director of Research at Albrectson Research Centre on the campus of St. Boniface Hospital right here in Winnipeg.
8: Our lifespan right now is almost double that. Why? Primarily because of antibiotics. Obviously, there have been lots of other big advances in the medical field, but it's antibiotics that have been the big advancement that have an impact on lifespan. We asked Dr. Pierce, how do bacteria become immune to these powerful drugs? you're going to end up with a situation where they go, hmm, you know, the somebody attacked me, I've got to change, I've got to adapt, and you may leave some bacteria behind, which may then mutate, adapt to the situation, and create resistance that you wouldn't normally have. The scariest part? In
10: September, the World Health Organization reported we are not developing new antibiotics fast enough to keep up with these superbugs. But while drug companies and research facilities tackle drug creation, there are some things you can do to help slow down the superbugs. Here's a true or false question. If I take a particular antibiotic once, I can never take it again.
11: Uh, No, that's false. Unless that bacteria is resistant, there's always different types of bacteria.
10: But Ryan Chan, pharmacist at Exchange District Pharmacy, says just because you can take an antibiotic again, doesn't mean you should.
11: It's a a good habit to switch your antibiotics, just because if you take one, uh, for example, the penicillin attacks the cell wall. The next time, you you don't want to attack the cell wall, you want to trick it in an And it'll attack the ribosome so it just works differently so it minimizes the potential for resistance.
10: In conversation with all these experts, there's a common message less is more. Dr. Mark Springer is director of the World Health Organization. Only use antibiotics when it is really
9: needed, not use antibiotics for a flu, for an ear infection, because often you don't need to have antibiotics. And if you really need to use an antibiotic that you start with what I would say the most simple antibiotic.
10: It was Benjamin Franklin who first said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. This historical proverb could very well apply to many aspects of healthcare. For our purposes, let's apply it to vaccines. One
9: of the uh, easy things that need to be done is the vaccination in particular of children that will prevent bacterial infections. That's of course the most elegant way to avoid the use of antibiotics.
10: So vaccination is very important. Another way to help, follow your doctor's orders. Don't stop taking your medicine just because you feel better.
8: So if you take all of your antibiotics as you're supposed to, you wipe everything out, all the bad bacteria are gone, nothing's left to mutate. You've killed them all. But when people take it for half the time they're supposed to, they'll feel fine. I don't need to take any more because I feel okay. But the reality is they've left some vestiges behind that are going to adapt and potentially come back The idea of doing all we can do is critical
10: in reducing the risk to the proliferation of drug-resistant bacteria. A better understanding of when we need these medicines and how they work for patients is a great start.
11: Make sure they understand the potential for resistance. Make sure they understand it's a bacterial infection. Make sure they understand it's a viral infection where you don't need anything as well. So it's all proper communication and and education. And the thing is, from a patient standpoint, when you're sick, you're sick. I just want some kind of treatment as well, making sure that they understand what's happening in their body, why they're sick, why they're getting a treatment, or why they're not getting a treatment.
1: And Greg Mackling joins us live in studio now. Great job, Greg. What's the takeaway for you?
10: Well, the big thing for me is that we've got a larger role to play in suppressing these super bugs and this. Uh, antibiotic resistance bacteria. I think then we realize, Mm -hmm. uh, my boys were born in the NICU, spent uh, a month there. And every time I had to go and see my kids, I had to scrub up like a doctor. Yeah. And so when we took our kids home, we kind of implemented the same sort of protocols with people that were coming to see our baby. You got to wash your hands. You got to do this. Well, a lot of this fighting superbugs has to do with simple stuff, mm. safer sex, vaccines. That's a, That might be the most complicated of it, but just washing your hands, yeah. making sure that you prepare your food properly, the food preparation that you do in your kitchen, making sure you clean up after yourself, wash your hands. You're going to hear wash your hands a lot when you have conversations with. Experts and these are the people like Dr. Pierce who are researching the antibiotics that we're going to need in order to fight these bugs. Prevention just goes a long way, mm. you know. Thomas Jefferson, right? The whole "an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure." No truer than it comes to our to our health.
1: Yeah. Tell us about Zach Wolf. After we take a break, we're going to talk to Zach Wolf. This is interesting.
10: exigence They are a Manitoba company that are doing big things on the world stage. Reference that as well in a later conversation with regards to what's happening uh, with this antibacterial. He's created, his company has created this antimicrobial coating. They're using it in industry, in the food processing world to keep us safe in advance. Once again, talking about an ounce of prevention that's what they're doing they're keeping these bugs out of the food system out of processing out of the places we don't want Mm. these bugs and uh, it's fascinating stuff and you know me hal I love to celebrate Manitoba innovation so it ties in nicely right that's not always the 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 primary story sometimes it's the secondary story that has you going wow uh, this is fascinating and I think you'll find that when you when you sit down with Zach for sure
1: great job on the piece Greg thank you very very much, well. Greg Mackling. And after a break, Zach Wolf joins us. Hal Anderson on CJOB.
0: Over the Counter Culture on 680 CJOB.
1: One forty-five, quarter to two. And here to continue the conversation now is, uh, you heard uh, Greg and I discussing our next guest, Zach Wolf. Zach is the CEO of Exigence Technologies. Uh, he's got a, an antimicrobial surface coating, but... Um maybe just, first of all, Zach, first of all, thanks for coming in. Get nice and close to the microphone there. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me today. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, tell us the connection. You heard uh, Greg's piece as well. Uh, talk a little bit about your company and, and uh, the loose connection here to what we just heard.
12: Uh, yeah, sure, definitely. So, uh, you know, microbes are prevalent across multiple industries in our lives in general, And we've got to remember there's good bacteria as well, so, um, you know, they play a role in our lives and they're really, really interesting uh, little creatures. But, uh, you know, about four years ago, I started getting involved in some technology that was developed originally at the University of Manitoba. And it was really interesting because it's uh, along the same lines of prevention as we were talking about. And it's ways to use engineered materials or controls to actually put this prevention aspect in place in multiple environments. It could be in the hospital. It could be in our homes. It could be in food processing facilities to make our food supply chain safer. So there's ways. Uh, of course, washing our hands is, is simple. It's mm. effective. It's something that we should certainly concentrate on. But uh, you know, I come from a background in uh, in materials engineering and aerospace, and I always like to think about. How are there ways to take the hu- human element out of the equation, because as humans, we're always prone to failure. There's somebody who has a different interpretation, different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And if we can just make the environment or the system itself, say, self-cleaning, self-disinfecting right. in a way that's not going to harm the environment, not going to um, you know create uh, harmful chemicals uh, in our homes and in the places where we work or go to the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, that's a really positive thing, especially if it's not contributing to the rise of these superbugs that we uh, should rightfully be very concerned about.
1: Yeah. You and your company, another success story from Asper School of Business. I was just telling you off air, man, like it it never ends, right? We hear so many great stories uh, uh, coming out of there. Uh, So what are you doing then now with this technology? Where are you? I'm sure you have lots of, you know, areas and opportunities where you could go and, and explore. What are you doing specifically with this?
12: Uh, certainly, so, um, you know, if I knew what I knew now, uh, four years ago, we can <laughs> uh, But no, realistically, uh, the process of commercializing new technologies, especially in the, uh, the chemicals area mm-hmm. is very complex. It takes a number of years. I think the stat is it typically takes between five to seven years to take that uh, technology from essentially the Eureka discovery yeah. stage in the laboratory and take that out into the marketplace. Mm. So, we're very much following that curve, we're right around year four, and um we've really got into developing specialty chemicals, which means that um you know chemicals can have a bit of a negative stigma. Everything that we look around is coated. it's all plastics, even our our clothing it's coated in different types of um you know polymer coatings, the floors the the walls. It all has some type of sheath on it. so when we look at those polymers. Uh, we find ways to take all of these really interesting inventions that we've had and that came out of the University of Manitoba and turn them into a molecule that does things. It's a functional molecule. So in doing that, we can introduce it into a wide variety of coatings, whether it's on a floor, a food processing surface, or on fabrics that you would find in hospitals. And instead of just being an inanimate object, we now turn that object into a tool in the germ-fighting crusade. Mm. And we do it in a way that's highly effective, again, environmentally responsible. Uh, It can be reactivated simply using chlorine bleach. And most importantly, unlike most of the other technologies that are out there, it doesn't create antimicrobial resistance. So there's a lot of different um, ways to introduce this technology into the coating's value chain. We certainly have looked at healthcare and healthcare textiles in particular. I could tell you some stats that would make you cringe about healthcare fabrics, but suffice to say... What- I ama-
1: yes, I can imagine uh, what the things you could tell me. I'll, so- I'll,
12: I'll, tell, I'll tell you one yeah. that, that will make you smile, okay. in fact. It'll Good. come the other direction. There was a study done in Israel... Where they looked at a long-term patient care ward, I think it was brain injuries, and they tracked, there's a lot of metrics about fever days and antibiotics used and how many infectious days, and they did a full replacement of all the fabrics in that ward with uh, some type of antimicrobial uh, technology fabrics, and they monitored it for six months after they saw between a 20 to 40% reduction in the amount of infections and infection-related stats hmm. in that facility over wow. that intervening period of time. If you turn that into uh, patient care and pain avoided and dollars for the health care system, that's really significant.
1: Huge, yeah. Absolutely. So they would then uh, use a coating like your coating on drapes, on blankets, on tables, everything – and it just, again, prevents the spread of this bacteria, good and bad, I guess, and uh, lessens the likelihood of a superbug catching on.
12: But certainly. So if you think of uh, infections in hospitals or elsewhere, contamination and food processing is another example. Yep. It's an infection transmission chain, mm. right? Those, those bacteria have to get from one spot to another. So if we can find ways to interrupt those high-risk surfaces, that's all going to be very effective. Now, with some of these other technologies, they're based on toxic chemicals, which are simply impregnated into the article, whether it's, say, a fabric that you're wearing. And I own some of these things as athletic wear, right? Yeah. So uh, you know I'm right. uh, not uh, denigrating all of it. But what happens is the activity, it comes out of the fabric or garment. So it declines over time, and it's unable to maintain that performance profile. And those types of chemicals have been shown to exacerbate the antimicrobial resistance, just like overuse of antibiotics. Mm. Now, our stuff works differently. It doesn't actually have an active ingredient. We're just making surfaces that are able to bind chlorine bleach. So anytime you bleach a fabric, you bleach a floor, you wash a surface, it will take that chlorine and basically store it there for later consumption by bacteria. Mm. And that means that there's no chemicals coming out of it because it's fixed to the surface. And then as the activity declines, you can reactivate it just by washing it with bleach. And the interesting thing about bleach is it's well understood, it's extremely low cost, and it's widely known after almost 200 years of clinical evidence that it doesn't create antimicrobial resistance. It's just, it's an oxidizing mechanism. It's a... Technical attribute of the way mm-hmm. that it works. Yeah.
1: So here you are, several years into this. Where are you at? Where do you want to go with this?
12: Uh, yeah. So it's it's certainly been interesting. We've been lucky to get uh, some funding from the European Union as well. So we have activities in Europe and Canada. We're very active in um, in America as well, just from more of a sales and commercialization perspective. Mm-hmm. In the next year, we'll be moving into the new innovation hub uh, is the anchor tenant in the laboratory, which is being built in the University of Manitoba. So that's really exciting. And from a commercialization perspective, we've got enough understanding now because there was a lot of basic. I mean, you can have the the Eureka and the new property discovery yeah. uh, at the university level, but to move it through the stages of maturity to get to the point to say, OK, hey, this is getting closer to a product. Mm-hmm. Now I can art- start to understand What are the attributes of what this product is and do a proper um, products management and market research program?
1: How do you commercialize it? How do you monetize it,
12: right? Certainly, certainly. So for the last several years, we've had a lot of conversations with the world's biggest chemicals and material science companies. And in trying to decide where to go, there's so many opportunities. So Mm -hmm. medical and medical textiles is something that we think is interesting. There's some large companies who are uh, assessing that opportunity. It's a complex supply chain, so it's not something that's necessarily um, the best opportunity for us to develop ourselves. Mm -hmm. But in food processing, we do believe that we'll be in the factory doing field trials uh, here and in Europe, and possibly in the U.S. before the end of this year. Good for you. So that's the stage of readiness that we're at. We're starting to bring online uh, sources of chemical supply. And um, almost, I would say, unanimously, the large food companies, large and small, that we've went to the last several years and tried to explain, this is what we're working on. Is this interesting to you? Uh, They've had very positive feedback. So that's really pulled us in the the food and the food processing direction. Um, But I really think that this could be something that could really Aid in preventing uh, unnecessary loss of life and unnecessary expenditures in the healthcare sector as well mm-hmm. any competition
1: do you have competition you need to worry about? Is there anybody in it, your, in your rear view mirror or are you
12: all alone with this well there's there 's always competition um, but you know we can separate in two categories there 's antimicrobial coatings and materials. Uh, I, from To the best of my knowledge, we have a significantly differentiated solution, so we, we, we kill germs a lot faster, it's uh, safer environmentally, it's non-leaching, it can be used around food, and it can be reactivated, most importantly. Because if you have a fabric that kills a certain way on day one, and then by wash five it doesn't have any activity anymore, it's very hard to plan your infection prevention strategy around that in the hospital itself. Uh, From us, we can continue to reactivate that material. So in a lot of the other areas we look at, it's simply status quo. Uh, Liquid disinfection, you know, the cleaning protocols, and we we look to complement those things, not to entirely displace them. So yes, it's a, you know, over $11 billion market in hygiene and disinfection products around the world, so definitely things are being sold to combat these problems today. We just think we can occupy a unique part of that market and uh, offer our solution to save lives and save money. Well, congratulations,
1: man! That's really exciting, you know. And it's uh, it just uh, my piece on our series is coming up tomorrow, and I'm talking to a local researcher who is on the verge of changing millions of lives. That has to be. We're almost out of time, but that has to be really exciting for you, right? I mean, certainly, y- you're you're uh, doing what you wanted to do. There seems to be an opportunity here to make some money, and you're impacting people's lives, saving
12: lives. Oh, absolutely. I think people sometimes underestimate what's possible in Manitoba, the technology, the science, what comes out of here. It's diversified. There's a lot of different skills, and we can bring that together and do things that are important at a a global scale, and that's what we intend to do.
1: Well, Zach, congratulations. Continued success. Really appreciate you coming in today. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you very much. Zach Wolf, he is the CEO of Exigence Technologies. They have an antimicrobial surface coating, and it sounds like they are going to do great stuff with it. 157. Global News at 2 in just a few minutes. Hal Anderson on CJOB. It's minus 4 at 680 CJOB, and we now return to Hal Anderson. Thank you, TFJ. Tristan Field Jones will be back at 2.30 once again with Global News. Time to win. Tough trivia. And we are giving away today tickets For the Home and Garden Show, it starts today and continues until Sunday at the RBC Convention Center. And we're going to toss in a gift certificate as well for some Santa Lucia pizza. And Jeff Forche, the producer of this show, uh, just reminded me that we have not two Home and Garden Show tickets. We have four to give away today. Can we give away a four-pack and make it a real special giveaway for somebody here? You know what? I think we can do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. As long as we're not breaking any rules, as long as we're not getting in trouble or anything. Because we can split it up, but if we can give away four, let's make it a nice big four-pack of tickets, home and garden show, and that San Lucia pizza. All you've got to do is answer the tough trivia question correctly by calling 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Here is the question. Mm. When people buy this, I was trying to decide between two. I think this is the right one. I'll go with this one. I'm just trying to make it tough because that's a four pack again, a four pack of home and garden show tickets and Santa Lucia pizza. When most people buy this, they throw away about 20% of it. So, whatever this is, imagine buying it and ending up throwing away about 20% of it. When most people buy this, they throw away. About twenty percent of it. What is it? two oh four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. Hello, have you got a guess? Hello? Hello. Yes, what is your guess, please? Uh takeout food? Not takeout food, no. Hello, O C J uh, O B. Takeout food? Uh, yeah, you got me. All right. Well, if you think of something, call us back. Two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. Hello, CJOB. Yeah, fruit or vegetables? No, only one guess, not two. Don't try to sneak another one in. But neither of those were correct. Hello. Hi there, uh, broccoli. <laughs> You're not a broccoli lover, are you? <laughs> no, not broccoli. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Hi. Hi. What's your guess? guess? Yeah, go. Uh,
3: Fresh
11: vegetables.
1: Fresh vegetables. No, it's not. It's not food of any kind. I'll tell you that right now. It is not a food. Trying to help you along here. Hi, CGLB. Toothpaste. When most people buy this, they throw away about twenty percent of it. Yes, toothpaste. Good for you. Yes. What is your name? Todd. Don, you uh, are going to go to the Home and Garden Show. It is underway today, on until Sunday, RBC Convention Center. You get four tickets, so you can take everybody, and we're going to toss in some Santa Lucia pizza for you, too. Great. Thank all you All right. So no problem. Put you on hold. Jeff Forch, will get all your information. We'll hook you up with those prizes. And tomorrow, we are giving away more Santa Lucia pizza. Up for grabs tomorrow. All right, so make sure you join us tomorrow, 1 to 4, here on CJOB. We're going to talk to the mayor of Morton here in about seven or eight minutes. As of, uh, well, an hour or so ago, they have announced that the city of Morton will have free 5G internet. That's kind of cool, eh? And by the way, the free internet on buses in Winnipeg started today, too. But we'll talk about Morton's free 5G internet when the mayor, Ken Weeb joins us here in a few minutes on CJOB after Global News at 2.30. She's here every Thursday for half an hour between 2.30 and 3. Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling, and we got a bunch of stuff to talk to Carolyn about. All right, so we'll talk to Carolyn after the news here at 2.30. When I gave you the birthdays earlier, I told you there was another birthday that I was saving because I wanted to play... A song. Uh, we will do that now. Why don't we do that uh, right now? Today is a birthday for, for will, uh, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams, rapper, producer. He is 45 today as we head to a break on CJOB. Exactly 2.15, quarter after 2, waiting for a phone call from the mayor of Morton. Can Wiebe, I can tell you who is on the phone right now. Ron, let's take Ron's call quickly here, 204 780 Yes, Ron, what can I do for you?
7: Thank you so much for getting me that touchdown pin last year.
1: Oh, yeah, right, at uh, at the Great Cup. Yeah, and I was going to ask you a question. I don't know if you have
7: something like this, but I'm in a buying mood. If you have a collection of either jets or bomber pins that you would be willing to sell, I, I'm your man.
1: You know, I don't think I have anything like that, but I'll tell you what. We'll put out there for people listening that if they've got old jets or bombers pins, you are in the market. Ron, what are you again? You're president of some organization? I'm
7: a, or? I'm the president of the Winnipeg Pin Collectors Club.
1: Right. So if anybody's got any old jets or bombers pins... I'll have them get a hold of me here, 204-780-6868 or hal at cjlb.com, and I'll pass on the info to you.
7: Sure. I'm willing to buy an entire collection.
1: Okay. Wow. I wish I had your money, Ron.
7: Well, I won't
1: have it once I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. No, hey, listen, I was happy to make that arrangement. The sports doctor was at the Grey Cup, and he uh, he got a pin for free at uh, Touchdown Manitoba, and he snagged it for me when I asked him to, and I was happy to pass that along to you. I got to run. Thank you very much, and we'll see if we'll get any pins for you. Thank you. All right, and uh, speaking of uh, Internet and Wi-Fi and all that stuff, we're going to talk to the mayor of Morden, Ken Weeb, in just a bit here about the fact that there is now free 5G Internet in Morden as a city service to the residents of Morden. But here in Winnipeg, the next time you get on a bus, check your phone. You may have free Wi-Fi there. Today, the city of Winnipeg is launching a year-long pilot project that will offer free internet on a dozen buses. The buses will be used on various routes throughout the city. Just connect to WPG Transit and accept the terms. The pilot project will cost $300,000. And I'll just read to you a bit from the release out of Morden, Manitoba, as the mayor's a couple minutes late calling us here. But here's what the news release said. City of Morden is thrilled to announce Mornet, a first-of-its-kind community-owned internet service provider to offer ultra-high speeds to Morden citizens as a city service. Mornet is one of the first 5G internet service providers in Canada, providing high-speed internet service with bandwidth of 100 Mbps upload and download and higher. Service is available to some residents and businesses immediately and to all of Morton's residents and businesses by September of this year, 2018. Morden expects to offer full one GBPS service by 2021. So essentially, you know, we'll wait and, you know, hear the mayor's words on this. But it's kind of like they're saying internet Internet is sort of a, you know, not an essential service, but it's a service that you deserve, uh, in this case, if you live in the city of Morton. And somebody pointed out by text at 204-780-6868, how you're calling it free. It's not free. They're paying for it through tax dollars. We'll get into all the details uh, with Mayor Ken Weeb, And yes, you're right. Nothing is free. There's no such thing as, as free. But... Essentially, they're providing it as a service to residents in Morden, I guess is the point. And so what do you think of that? We just talked about how Wi-Fi is free on a dozen buses in Winnipeg for a year as part of a $300,000 pilot program. Uh, Would you use that? Is that a big deal to you? Is that going to get you to ride the bus more? Hmm? Would you like to see that for Winnipeg? Free 5G internet? Wherever you go, as a city service, like garbage collection or, you know, any other city service, sure, we pay taxes for all that stuff, and there would obviously be a cost, but is that something that you would be in favor of? I'm curious to know. 204-780-6868. And hal at cjob.com. I told you earlier that today is, let me get it right here, is it Burrito Day? Yes, it's Burrito Day. It's nice and simple. Burrito Day today. And I told you to tell me your favorite burrito in Winnipeg, and I said I would tell mine. Well, Jim, you emailed me, hal at cjob.com, and you and I agree, my friend. Jim says, Hal, by far the best burrito in town can be found at La Fiesta on St. Anne's. No contest. And Jim... I agree. That is a phenomenal burrito. La Fiesta down on St. Anne. So, certainly weigh in. Uh, let me know if uh, you agree with Jim and me, or if you uh, have a, a suggestion, a choice of your own. I'd love to hear them. 204 780 6868, hal at cjob.com. All right. The mayor of Morton is now a full five minutes late. So, uh, I think during the news at 2.30, I will try and track down Ken Weeb so we can talk about this. It was all planned, but uh, the mayor is uh, not joining us uh, at the scheduled time. So I apologize for that, but we'll uh, try and get him in at some point here on the show. I mentioned that uh, last night on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, there was a very special guest. that music yes Dr. Evil I saw last night I was gonna watch the tonight show I decided no sleep was more important and I saw that Mike Myers was gonna be a guest well Mike Myers shows up on the show and of course it looks like Jimmy's talking to him by satellite uh, you know at another location and he's in his crazy chair and he's all in his outfit the whole deal Dr. Evil and uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, says Dr. Evil Dr. Evil No,
7: it's Adam Levine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's Adam Levine. Anyhow, they carried on and had about a, well, they had a couple-minute conversation. Here's almost a minute of their chat. It was pretty funny.
7: Well, naturally, I was going to be Secretary of Evil.
1: Oh, let me explain. So, uh, yeah, so he informs Jimmy that uh, he's uh, uh, just been fired by the Trump Organization. He's been working for President Trump and he has now been fired, like everybody else at the White House. I got to set that up properly. Okay, now listen.
7: Well, naturally, I was going to be Secretary of Evil. (laughs) But Steve Bannon got that job. Right, 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 (laughs) Well, well, what what did you end up doing? Well, I was more of an ideas guy, really. What what kind of ideas? The wall. The wall. That was all me. (laughs) But I wanted it to be a moat filled with spiky blowfish. And I didn't want the Mexicans to pay for it. I wanted Alec Baldwin to pay for it. Did you at least make any friends at the job? Well, I got along swimmingly with Ben Carson. And why is that? We were both evil doctors and didn't know why we were there.
1: (laughs) Mike Myers is Dr. Evil on The Tonight Show last night with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, we have just enough time for a couple of things here. After Global News at 2.30, we, of course, uh, will chat with Carolyn Classen from Connexus Counseling, as we do every Thursday between 2.30 and 3.00. Our series uh, here on CJOB, uh, Over-the-Counter Culture. This afternoon on the news with Richard Cluche and Julie Buckingham, uh, Global News reporter Donna Foxhall is going to be talking about opioids. And I found an interesting uh, report from CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And he sat down with the head of the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. And Dr. Scott Gottlieb told Gupta that opioids, as far as he, he is concerned, they are the biggest crisis facing the FDA. Take a listen.
13: Last October, President Trump declared the opioid epidemic a public health emergency. To fight the opioid crisis. But it wasn't until last month that President Trump laid out his plan, which includes reducing the number of pills we take. We're going to cut nationwide opioid prescriptions by one-third over the next three years. Given our addiction to opioid drugs, it won't be easy. The man helping to make that happen, Scott Gottlieb, commissioner of the FDA and a doctor himself.
0: When you have tens of millions, really hundreds of millions of prescriptions being written, that's a lot of potential for abuse. And so I think a key is to try to bring down overall exposure to these drugs.
13: Starting with his own colleagues. You and I were uh, practicing around the same time, and we were taught some of the same things about uh, people should not be in pain. You know, that's something we can certainly take care of, downplaying the, the potential concerns about these drugs. What about now?
0: I think doctors from our generation and probably a little bit after We're trained uh, in a way that pain was the fifth vital sign and there was more liberal prescribing of these medications. We now recognize that wasn't appropriate. Um, So I think that there needs to be some effort to try to re-educate a generation of physicians. I think some form of mandatory education could make sense.
13: The American Medical Association doesn't like the idea. They represent over 230,000 doctors and they wrote a letter. The headline? we do not believe that a federally mandated one-size-fits-all program would help to reverse the opioid epidemic.
1: The opioid, uh, the opioid epidemic. Uh, by the way, uh, if you were listening to CGOB this past weekend, Easter weekend, I'm sure you heard Roy Green going on and on quite a bit about the opioid crisis. Like I said, opioids here in Manitoba and Winnipeg. Coming up on the news with Richard and Julie starting at 4 o'clock here. Make sure you listen for it. Diana Foxhall has prepared some uh, very interesting stories for you on that. All right, we've got a break here. Global News at 2.30 next. Sal Anderson, everybody. Thank you. Tristan Field-Jones oh, okay. uh, handling the info here. I uh, Carolyn Classen is here. We normally talk to Carolyn from 2.30 to 3. But we have tracked down the mayor of Morton, Ken Weeb, And so I want to talk to Mayor Weeb about what's going on out in Morton today. Mr. Mayor, thank you for doing this. Yeah, it's my pleasure, help. So a uh, big, uh, exciting announcement out in Morton today. Free 5G internet for all of your residents. Well, that's the plan, yep. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, uh, it started about four years ago,
4: when uh, you know, the whole world's going fiber, and, and uh, you get in on the Internet, and there's a, a major company in the world that has a lot to do with the Internet, and they're looking at, at uh, having everything in the world wireless at some point, and, uh, and everybody else is installing fiber. So uh, we locked onto this and started doing a bunch of research and realized that there is equipment out there that is available. Uh, to install uh, wireless uh, internet services, so you don't need all the fiber, uh, optics, and all that other stuff. So uh, from the time we started, uh, that was about four years ago, and I think it was about a 1G network at that time. It's uh, morphed into a 5G since then, grown, and uh, so that's what we're dealing with right now, a 5G network with a uh, better than 100 megabytes up and down load.
1: And this is a Canadian first, correct?
4: As far as we know, we can't find anywhere uh, in, in Canada, or I think, or even in the United States where they have anything, anything similar.
1: Wow. That's great. Now, uh, somebody was saying, uh, a listener texted me and said, well, come on, Hal, it's not free. They're paying for it through their taxes. Just maybe explain, uh, well, how that's working.
4: Well, we're, we're looking at it as a, as a city service. Uh, we, we view it like, uh, like we do the, uh, the library. Okay. It's a, it's a city service. Uh, we, we view it as uh, you know uh, uh, streets. It's a, it's a city service, you know, and uh, this is the way we're looking at it. So, and and recreation, it's something the city provides. So, in in a way, I guess you are kind of paying for it, but uh, it's not anywhere near uh, what uh, uh, what uh, your uh, current providers are charging.
1: This is very forward thinking, Mr. Mayor, because a lot of people feel that we need to start considering the internet almost as. An essential service if we're going to survive in 2018 and going forward.
4: Well, you know, when you listen to people from the federal government that that deal with this CFRC and all those people, uh, um, you know, they, they all talk about it. It's an essential service of the federal government, the provincial government. It's always an essential service. So uh, we looked at it and said, you know what? If it's an essential service, why does it cost so much? Yeah, because essential services don't. And uh so we looked at a whole variety of different things and uh we have uh have had our test pilot uh project on the go for four months and it is working beyond our wildest expectations
1: hmm and this uh city service in morton free five g internet available right now
4: uh only only for our test people right now we are we're going to uh, be ready to sign on other folks on the first of may and uh, and those folks uh uh, that we sign on in the 1st of May are people within our, uh, within our, our present test area because we have a couple of towers that we're using right now uh, for testing. And uh, uh, with those towers, we can uh, uh, we can service at this time just uh, about 1,400 uh, homes. So that would leave us another uh, 2,100, 2,200 homes to service in the community. So we, we have to put in a little more infrastructure. But we're hoping to have everything in place uh, by the end of August of this year.
1: Hmm. Mr. Mayor, again, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure, Hal. Mayor of Morton, Ken Weeb joining us here this afternoon on CJOB. Carolyn Klassen, hello. Sorry to eat into your time there. I apologize, but wanted to get uh, the mayor of Morton on. That is uh, kind of big news, especially if you're in the city of Morton.
14: Sounds really cool, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I sent you a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. I was trying to get ahead. Normally, I'm at, at the last minute emailing with Carolyn about my ideas of things we can talk about. Uh, and I thought, well, I'm going to get way ahead this week. And I sent off a big email. So we have lots to talk about.
14: You must have had a good night's sleep or something. No, uh uh-uh.
1: uh. <laughs> no, I just didn't want to put you through that again this week. So I decided I was going to try and be uh, more proactive. So we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, I had a story where they said that uh, getting, paying somebody to come and clean your home. Could be really beneficial uh, if you're married or or even with a roommate because it gives you time to do other things. And uh, I, I put that out there, and and you agree this is a, a, a good thing.
14: Well, I like the idea of what this article talked about was that it talked about splurging on a cleaning service could save your marriage. I think we have to recognize that we all live on limited budgets. There are We all have to make choices about how we spend our money. Right. Um, and when you spend money one place, then you have less money to spend in another place. I think what this study was talking about was that Regardless of how much money you make, it's a really helpful to think about what is the sticking point. If there's something that's extra stressful in our in our lives that's making me a grumpy bear or that is making us as a couple stressed and sort of snipping at each other, yeah. what would be the one thing we could do to make a change and how could we make that happen? And I think so many people with driving kids around for carpool and trying to do stuff for jobs in the evenings and like people just feeling really stressed and busy, housework is something that is hard to get to and then you start bickering with each other about who's done more and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, And there's something about having a house That is clean and you walk in and it smells lemony fresh and you don't have the clutter around and it just feels great. Mm. And so sometimes what it means is, okay, we're going to drive an older car or we're going to go out for dinner less or we're not going to go to that show. But if we can figure out how to allocate and make money for the the biggest sticking point, the thing that stresses us out the most, Mm -hmm. if we can make that happen and we could take that stress off our plates, think about how much better we could connect with each other. I think it's kind of... I think it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And listen, we all have to make tough budget choices, sure. right? Not everybody can do it. Uh, listen, if uh, if a marriage is troubled, hiring a cleaner isn't necessarily going to fix everything. Nope. But I think it does give a couple, a married couple, <laughs> and you know, we use that as an example, it does give that married couple more time together as opposed to one or the other cleaning and being angry because the other one didn't help. It does... Free up that opportunity for you to go and do something fun together.
14: And it fits with some of the other evidence where um, I've heard, read some stuff that says when you if, you, if you're going to buy a gift for somebody, you're almost better off buying an experience for them rather than a stuff. Because stuff, mm. you have to look after. You have to find a place for it. Now it's one more thing to clutter your place up. Yeah. And the, the, the gift of a stuff is... It's pretty when it's in front of you, but the gift of an experience gives you also the gift of a memory. Right. And so, uh, if you are finding ways instead of giving somebody a gift for um, for a you know a birthday or an anniversary or something, instead mm-hmm. you give the gift of cleaning the house uh, by paid service, then you have the memory of having that clean house and having that time. And sometimes, a lot of people I think sometimes have time is more precious than money. And how do you figure out how to open up your time? by allocating resources to giving yourself more time. And I know that when I have a cleaner, which she can get done in three hours, but it takes me eight, right? It's just she's more efficient. She doesn't have the same personal attachment to it. Yeah. She can whip through a house and get it sparkling in a way that just takes me forever, and I'm grumbling all the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Carolyn Classen is here from Connexus Counseling. We'll take a quick break. 2.40, 20 to 3. We'll be right back. And at 2.45, quarter to 3. Carolyn Klassen, continuing our conversation here as we do every Thursday afternoon about eh, whatever uh, stuff that uh, we want to talk about, if you're asking. Uh, that's uh, just the way it works. Hey, uh, I always have a hard time saying her name, uh, Carolyn. Kaylee Kuoko is it K- from Big Bang Theory.
14: I'll let you be host. You pronounce it the way you, you know, want. I'm you know, not
1: going to try. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. She's on Big Bang Theory, and she recently talked about how she dumped a really famous ex-boyfriend, or I guess he was a boyfriend at the time she dumped him. He's It's her ex now, because he was a bad tipper. And I threw this story at you by email, and you said, yeah, we can talk about that because it is an indication, maybe of what this person is all about. It's not so much that he's a terrible tipper, but what does that say about the person's character?
14: You're right. I think... Often, when you're out on a date with somebody, you see um, that they put their best foot forward with you. Uh, and so, my husband, I'm not sure if he's listening or not, he famously tells our kids over and over again if you want to know the true character of someone, watch when you're going out for dinner with them or yeah. going to a restaurant with them, watch to see how they treat the server, right? Yeah. That then you really know who they are, how friendly they are, and how part of that is how, how much they tip. And I would, I think it's important. Um, I like to hang out with people who are generous because when they're generous with the servers there, then they're probably also generous with their time with me and they're going Mm -hmm. to extend grace to me when I mess up. And it's just – it's a bit of a metaphor, a bit of a tip of the iceberg to sort of see if how they treat the server is how they treat other people in the rest of their lives when they're not serving. And I think – you know, find that a lot of people, you know, when they interview for a job, uh, after the interview is over, the person who did the interviewing will go to the secretary and say, so when they came, how did they treat you? How did they relate? Right. How, how What was your feel of them? And that, that's, that's an important component of the interview where that when you don't think you're being on, you're still being assessed that people are watching. Yeah. And people are looking to see who you are when you think nobody's looking.
1: Mm-hmm. So I have to ask you. Do you remember going on one of your first dates with your now husband? Did you go, "Hey, he's uh, pretty good to the wait staff?" And
14: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, and that was one of the things that drew me to him was just sort of how thoughtful and kind he was mm-hmm. to everybody. Um, because I knew if that's how he was with them when he didn't know them, how much nicer he would be to mm-hmm. people who he is meaningfully connected with. Absolutely that mattered.
1: I really think we've kind of in some ways we've lost kindness. We're not mm-hmm. as kind as we should be, I don't think.
14: Well, I think in this busy world, it's easy to lose track and to forget and to know. Yeah, it doesn't
1: mean that you're a horrible, mean person, but it you do have to make that extra effort to be kind. And I think we've we've forgotten that.
14: Well, and what I think we forget is that when you're kind to somebody and you brighten their day, it's actually fun for you too, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get a charge out of it. And I was talking with, with a friend who – who, there was three of us talking, and she said, my friend here tipped – the last time she went, she tipped the gas jockey five bucks. Mm. Um, and she said the gas jockey was like – she thought – like the, she was acting like she won the lottery, this gas jockey, right? Yeah. Like it was just so – there's no obligation. There's no ex- expectation. But she said, I had five bucks, and I thought I'd make her day, and I could – I figured I would get more mileage out of giving the five bucks to her than having it in my wallet. And yeah. it was just – it, it, they both talked about it, and they both enjoyed the memory of it so much as they mm-hmm. were sharing it with me. Yeah. It was really kind of inspiring of kindness begets kindness. Kindness is fun. Um, it's nice to see somebody eye, somebody's eyes sparkle because you've extended yourself to them. I think it's a great thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I'm hitting you with this. We haven't talked about this, so just say, if you don't know, just say, I don't know. But you always seem to have answers for me, so I, I, I trust you'll have one for me. Uh, like, for example, we check out somebody, how they tip, right? Or mm-hmm. what are some other things that we should look for in a person? Because I want to get to friends in a moment. I want to get to making friends in a moment. I've got some questions about that. But whether it's, you know, we're looking for that significant other that we want to share our life with or whether we're looking for that person we want to hang out with, what are some other things we should look for? Oh, he's a good tipper. Maybe he will treat me that way.
14: Right. I think what we recognize is that trust is the basis of friendship. Um, And it's the basis of even acquaintanceship and that trust is built in the smallest of moments. And so when you greet the server and you're polite to them, when you ask questions respectfully, I love it asking servers, you know, what do you recommend on the menu? What do you like here? Because it always, it just makes for an interesting conversation, right? And everybody likes to be asked their opinion. Um, that when you find ways of extending trust and building trust and you notice that they remember um, how you like your coffee or that when you're tired you like this drink and when you're having fun you like that drink, Mm -hmm. when people notice that stuff, when they're observant and they let that stuff matter, I think that's a really good way to build trust uh, and a good way to build either friendship or just a good way to build, you know, customer service, customer relationships. Mm -hmm. I think all of that stuff matters. It's an act of kindness to say, I notice the little things about what your preferences are and I allow them to impact me and I shape my behavior because I know you a little bit better because I've been watching.
1: Yeah. Don't even get me started on customer service. That's another thing that I think we've kind of lost out there. I think it was much more prevalent you know, a few, even a few years ago. So, friends, I was talking about this story the other day, and I shared it with you. Uh, apparently, if you spend about 50 hours with somebody, you can call them an acquaintance. 80 to 100 hours, you can call them a friend, but they say, according to this study, you've got to put in like 200 hours of bonding time in order. That's over a week of total time in order to be considered uh, best friends with somebody. Do you think they're... I don't think people have best friends like they used to.
14: Well, and if they don't, we live in an impoverished world because we do better when we have people that we can trust people that when you say, then they say, how are you? You don't say fine. You say how you really are. Right. Uh, and I think we've lost, we're losing because yeah. people are so busy with Netflix so- and social media, and social too, media right? that we're covering a lot of, you know, a mile wide, an inch deep. And there aren't a lot of people that we're going a mile deep with. And, mm-hmm. It's really helpful. Um, it's good for our physical bodies, people who are well-connected and not lonely, um, live longer. And just very practically, people that are friends, they'll say, are you exercising properly? Are you eating properly? You eat different when you're with friends than when you're just by yourself and no one's watching. There's so many ways that having good friends is really important. But having friends is an investment. You need to put the time in. I sometimes think about a friend as if you have like a ball of yarn and you hold one end and you throw the ball to the other person, they catch it hold on to the string and throw it back. And you have to keep throwing it back to get a good chord of friendship going. If, yeah. you, rel- if you just throw it back once or twice, it's not going to stay very strong and it's going to be mm. easy to drop. The, the more it goes back and forth, just as you sort of drip the bucket full of friendship drops, um, and as that builds, then you, you just develop this investment with each other and you can go deeper and you can ask more questions. And when you're in trouble, mm-hmm. and we all know there's days where there's going to be trouble, then you have somebody on speed dial that you can talk to. And it's not weird to impose on them mm-hmm. because you're already good friends and you're there for each other.
1: Okay. This is the Hal's therapy session part of the show here uh, <laughs> where I talk about myself and I'm being really honest with you about this. I... I don't have, I've never had a lot of friends. I try and keep my friends very, my friends are very important to me. So that group has always been the people I truly consider my good friends. It's always been a small group. Right now, it's almost non-existent. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm a super sensitive guy. I just am. Okay. And I I got tired of, at least in my mind, and there's always two sides to every story, but I got tired of always being there for my friends, and in many ways they weren't there for me. And I just thought, I need a break. Okay. And I took a break and I focused on other things that I could control rather than dealing with people who disappointed me.
14: Well, I think you raise a really good point in that um, deep friendships, they are super meaningful and super helpful, but they can also be super painful because yeah. when you let people in and you let them matter, it's much easier to get hurt by mm-hmm. them. And so often when people get hurt, they need to pull back because it just hurts too much. Yeah. Um, and I think it's hard to figure out to how to engage in either new friends who are Open to more reciprocal friendships, or to reengage and figure out what went wrong and to yeah. repair the rupture.
1: Well, and I'm sure I was wrong. I, there are th- mistakes I've okay. made too. A- oh, absolutely. Right. I don't. I don't think. But I just, I just got tired of being that guy who was always. I felt like I was always there for my friends, and I didn't feel like I was getting that back. And I know that's not the way it's supposed to work. It's not. I do this, and you do that. But it does need to go both ways, doesn't it?
14: You want it to be something that goes both ways. But naturally, you, naturally. Organically. Right. And that sometimes, you know, it's kind of a teeter-totter, right? It yeah. sometimes goes more one way than the other way. But that there's seasons where it does go the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't want to have to keep track and keep score because that's not a true friendship. That's right. more of a business relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are sometimes when people get hurt and it hurts so badly, you have to pull back and yeah. kind of recover and sort of lick your wounds and regroup and then, what I would encourage you, Hal, is figure out how do we engage, mm-hmm. uh, because those friendships are so significant and yeah. are so very important. That, as hard as they are, to not have them is even harder.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm auditioning new friends. Is what <laughs> I've—that's uh, how I've decided to deal with the problem. I'm talking to new friends. Hey, what is a sleep divorce? Explain this to me, and do you do you think it's a good idea or not?
14: Well. I like the idea of it when it's necessary and helpful, but I think we could call it something a little less terrifying than sleep (laughs) divorce.
1: (laughs) They always come up with these names, right? You go, what is that? Who wants a sleep divorce, right?
14: But what would happen if you would think, what is the best sleeping arrangements in order to have the best marriage possible? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that... Over the years, and I've certainly worked with couples, where sleeping apart, I'm, I'm pretending it's about snoring or pretending it's about stealing the blankets, but really what it is is it's making very public the actual emotional distance that's between the two of you, and it's mm. making it now observable. Uh, and then that's sort of the one of the next steps towards ending the re- entire relationship. Yeah. I think people think of sleep divorce preceding an actual divorce. But I think there's time and place to say, we get such poor sleep sleeping in the same bed that we are going to figure out how to improve our marriage by getting a really good night's sleep, and we're going to find other ways to stay meaningfully connected in all sorts of ways. We're going to pay close attention to our physical relationship. If we're not spending those hours in bed together, we're going to do other things that compensate for that, and we're going to we're going to do something that's good for our marriage, even if on the books it might be alarming to others.
1: Mm-hmm. Carolyn Klassen, give them your uh, information, please, if they need to get a hold of you.
14: We'd love to talk to you. You can call us at two zero four. or you can look us up online at connexuscounseling.ca.
1: Thank you, Carolyn. Have a great week. Talk to you next Thursday. Carolyn Klassen, Connexus Counseling. Global News at 3 o'clock is coming right up. And now, somebody else you can talk to. It's Hal Anderson. Yeah, I'm happy to uh, talk to you anytime. Well, thanks, Hal. I'm looking for friends. I'll be your friend. 204. Sit, Kathy Kennedy, sit down here. Kathy Kennedy just stuck in her head in here to say hi. Sit down, Kathy. How are you?
2: I'm well. How are you? I am good. What are you doing here today? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, you're on
1: the, uh, you're <laughs> on the, on the show the radio. here now. You're on the radio. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of text messages. People like you, you know.
2: So my aunt and my uncle, the cousins, that's all working out then?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that who's sending yeah. me the text messages now? Okay. All right. Uh, No, I just had no reason to get you on. I just wanted to see if you're doing okay and things are good. Doing well.
2: And you know what? I know I'm sure Mr. Mackling may have touched on this uh, this morning, um, but was at Never Alone Foundation's uh, poker. I
1: heard you were playing poker last night.
2: Let me tell you, I got schooled. Big time. How did you do? Terrible. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. that's all right. It's for a good cause.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. It was, And it was fun. And uh, But, yeah, no. One killer, Kowalski, sat down at the table and just went every hand, I, all in. All in. I'm all in. And so within, that scared you off, eh? Well, within two hands, I was out of money.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: So, in any case, it was fun. It was uh, interesting to see the mix of people, including Peter Nygaard. Had not seen him in years. I heard Peter was there. Yes. Yeah. I was I was going to say he doesn't age. Mm-hmm. His hair doesn't age.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a compliment.
2: I'm not yes. sure. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It, actually, it was great to see him because I hadn't seen him in years. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he was uh, supporting a local charity is fantastic.
1: Yeah. No, that's obviously a great cause. I haven't. I There was a time when I played a lot of poker and I have not played poker in a long time. And you get rusty real fast with that game. Like, if you don't play a lot. It's it does not get uh, good. It, it's not like you, it's not like riding a bike. You can't get right. back on again. You gotta you gotta stay sharp. You gotta play lot.
2: Well, on the whole blind business and the button and the this and And the it's that. confusing. Yes, yeah. yeah. and yeah. then
1: you mix in a couple of wobbly pops and yeah. Well,
2: and that's why I thought for once in my life I'm mm. gonna play it straight and drank my diet Pepsi all night yeah. long. Didn't help. I mm. should have had a couple of wobbly pops. Yeah, yeah. Probably would have uh, done a
1: Might little better. Have done better. Yeah. Well, anyhow, it's nice to see you. People Thank like, you. people ask about you all the time, so Hello, I just people. want you to know that uh, they Aunt, do ask Uncle, about cousins you. cousins, yes, and everybody right. else. There she goes, Kathy Kennedy. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Have a
2: wonderful afternoon, Mr. Yes, Anderson.
1: Yes, all right. Appreciate you uh, stopping by to say hi. Uh, let's go to the phone here. Georgina is on the phone. Apparently, uh, Georgina wants to react to uh, my conversation last half hour with um, Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling. Yes, Georgina, hello. Hal, don't feel bad. I'm still your friend. <laughs> you will always be my friend, Georgina. I'm
3: going to bring you bigger chocolate bars <laughs> next time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were exactly who I was talking about. Those chocolate bars you left on my desk were not big enough, Georgina. I'm done oh, no, with you. Predict- I'm I- done with you.
5: That's
3: all I had in my purse, so I couldn't bring <laughs> you any bigger
1: ones. Oh, you're Don't funny.
3: Get, you know what? I had tears in my eyes when you said you lost your friends. <laughs> <laughs> what am I?
1: Oh, you're funny.
3: <laughs> I know.
1: How are you doing, Georgina? Good?
3: I'm doing fine. I'm Good. just making some spaghetti and sauce. You're and, always
1: cooking when we're talking. I guess it's uh, that time of the day, eh?
3: My old man wants spaghetti and sauce. <laughs> well,
1: and he obviously gets what he wants. Good.
3: Yeah, he's my friend. <laughs> yep.
1: Nothing wrong with that. My best friend is Jackie, and she's That's waiting for good. me at home, so nothing wrong with that.
3: You just hang on to Jackie I will. we're hanging I on. I
1: will. <laughs> See you, Georgina. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, Georgina, she's a good person. She leaves chocolate bars on my desk every once in a while. Very nice. Oh, don't and then I've got, of course, now my friends. I do have friends. I'm not saying I have no friends, but then I start getting text messages from my friends now. And they're like, Were you talking about me, man? Like what what? Aren't we friends? What's going you know who you are. Let me just say that. <laughs> Let me just say that. Uh, friends can be challenging, no question about it. And I listen, I I think I am a great friend, but I expect a lot from my friends. I do, and that's maybe not not great, but I do have high expectations, and that's why I sometimes get disappointed, I guess. Um, Bob is on the phone, 204-780-6868. And after we talk to Bob, we'll read some of your text messages. Yes, hello, Bob. Hey. Hi. You know what these, you should do about
15: these uh, letters? Hmm. You know, I think we should have the cadets giving tickets out. You know, sometimes they're not doing nothing, but not a big ticket, 1015 dollars dollars ticket for littering.
1: And you think that would stop stuff like straws and plastic bags and all that stuff, eh?
15: Well, you know, you go past a couple of these stores, like I don't want to name any names. Yeah. But, you know, they come out to the store and what do you do with the wrapper? Just throw it right there.
5: Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh,
15: listen about these straws. You know, how are you going to drink your scotch with the ice in the bottom? And you got your <laughs> shirt and tie on. Okay? And boom, That's... this ice comes out your mouth, and you got this nice shirt on. Yeah. You go to the office.
1: Very good point.
15: And, uh, and listen, <laughs> I am I'm short. Uh huh. My heels are about uh, two inches. <laughs> so I guess I can't wear my cowboy boots anymore.
1: You're weighing in on everything today, eh, Bob. All right, Bob. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I was just checking the uh, voting here. Should straws be optional in restaurants? That's our question of the day at CJOB.com. I apologize if the website was unavailable earlier. It was down for a little bit, but it's back up now. Question of the day at CJOB.com for credit aid. Should straws be optional in restaurants? 89% of you say yes. 11% say no, and that's why... Bob was mentioning straws there. Uh, let's take some text messages here. Uh, Hal, this is from Scott. Hal, the city has 603 buses. Only 12 have free Wi-Fi. Well, yeah, it's a pilot program. But anyhow, back to Scott's uh, text message here. Sounds like finding Wi-Fi on a bus in Winnipeg is kind of like winning the lottery. Yeah. Right now, I guess kind of like winning the lottery. Yes. Uh, Ron says, Hal, what was the name of that burrito place on St. Anne's that you just mentioned? Actually, it was an email. We're talking about burritos because it's burrito day. And James, I think, was the emailer, hal at cjob.com. James said, Hal, best burrito in town, La Fiesta. And that's my choice as well, La Fiesta, great restaurant. Uh, Almost to the perimeter on St. Anne's. So there you go, Ron, La Fiesta. All right. Uh, Gary says, Hal, good afternoon. Uh, quick question, $300,000 price tag for Wi-Fi on a dozen buses for a year? Um, wow, so many other major things that should be used to put that kind of money into, Gary. Um, yep, a lot of people feel that way, uh, Gary. And listen, while Wi-Fi on the bus doesn't matter to me, I think it matters to a good part of the population that uses Winnipeg Transit, I think. And I guess we'll find out. That's kind of what the pilot project is all about, see what happens with that. And uh, we were talking earlier about Nahini Fontaine and this private members bill, women not being uh, told that as part of their job, part of their uniform or dress code, they have to wear high heels at work. And I got this text message here, Hal, this is unbelievable. Women, do women have nothing else to do in their political career than worry about women's shoes in the workplace? Uh, do men complain about having to wear construction boots with steel toes on a job site? Have you ever worn boots for a full day on a job site? Okay, I don't. there's no name on the text, but I'll tell you this. Listen, apples and oranges, big, big exclamation point, right? You can't compare the two. And. I don't think a woman should be told she has to wear high heels to work. It's not—it does—steel-toed work boots protect you while you're working, right? Safety issue. Same with the high heels. Kind of a safety issue, but not even the same thing. Sorry, texter. Don't agree with you. I don't think women should have to wear high heels to work. Nobody should tell them. Now, I know my wife. My wife loves to wear heels. If she chooses to wear heels— great, fantastic, but nobody should tell a woman she's got to wear heels as part of her job. I agree completely. 3.15, quarter after three, we'll check traffic and the forecast. So hang on, Hal on CJOB. Coming up on 3.20, just about 20 after three, Hal Anderson here on CJOB Thursday afternoon. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Hey, uh, Manitoba NDP boss, Wob Canoe gathered reporters today to
16: say this okay so without boring everyone with too much parliamentary procedure essentially as the opposition we can choose five bills each year to delay by six months and the first one that the NDP caucus has chosen to delay is going to be the carbon tax bill the reason being is what's happening right now is we want Manitobans to switch to a lower carbon lifestyle but what program is being announced that's actually gonna help the average family what project is gonna help somebody be able to take the bus more often or be able to buy an electric vehicle or heat their home with uh, renewable energy there's nothing in this bill that's actually gonna help people and so we think that uh, a delay is necessary so that uh, more Manitobans can learn about the issue raise their voices and speak out we know there's a lot of industry associations Uh, environmental groups that want to weigh in as well and so it's not that we're opposed to carbon pricing. I think the idea of a carbon price is good but the way this government is doing it is wrong. They're asking Manitobans to pay something like $300 more a year in tax but there's going to be no help for people who want to switch to a, a greener lifestyle.
1: Canoe went on to say the Pallister plan won't help the average family switch to a greener lifestyle. So what we're looking for is uh,
16: it's a simple test. Every dollar that's collected from a carbon price should go back out the door to help families heat their homes, drive to work, drive to school in a more uh, environmentally conscious way. And right now with this carbon tax bill that Pallister's brought in, that's not going to happen. They're going to be taking more in taxes, but there's no new programs there to help the average family.
1: All right, so uh, that is the latest from the ledge. And of course, as I said, Nahini Fontaine's private members bill uh, not letting employers mandate that Women employees wear high heels to work. Um, one thing I wanted to mention here, we had uh, uh, Greg Mackling on today talking about Superbugs as part of our over-the-counter culture series here on CJOB. You'll hear some of that in the recap coming up here after uh, sports and news on CJOB. I mentioned that coming up in the uh, news with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham, starting at 4 o'clock uh, Global News reporter Dana Foxall will have uh, a piece for you on opioids. I wanted just to take an opportunity here to plug my piece coming up tomorrow. And you'll hear it on my show tomorrow between 1 and 4. It's about Winnipeg researcher Paul Ferniho. He has spent almost a decade working on a new drug, and if approved... It won't just treat diabetic neuropathy, it will reverse it and actually cause nerves to grow. So far, it has worked almost perfectly several times on
2: animals. We got a bunch of pigs in Wisconsin, slapped some cream on them, and it was safe. So that, but that's incredibly expensive. like
1: $200,000 per pig. (laughs) It really is an incredible story. More on Paul Furniho and this new drug tomorrow on my show right here on CJOB 1-4 tomorrow as our over-the-counter culture series continues on CJOB. Stand by. We'll check the forecast. Sports is coming up and news. It's CJOB.